Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to 90.3 KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. Uh, As usual, we have far too much ground to cover than we can possibly do in the next 60 minutes, but we're going to do our darndest to cover enough. In our second segment today, we'll be talking to State Senator Tom McClintock, who we're very pleased to announce um, is finally appearing on our show, as well as Sacramento mayoral candidate Ross Rellis. Of course, the election is coming up, what was promising to be Super Tuesday on uh, March 2nd. Uh, is going to be a little bit less exciting now that the race for the Democratic presidential nomination has centered on, apparently, John Kerry. But uh, we do want to talk about the election. There, there are going to be other issues involved, and we will do so in our second segment today. Uh, this will also be our last pre-Oscar show. Not that we really are Oscar followers, but we want to talk a little bit about that. So we're going to go also to our good friend, Dr. Andy Jones, which we will do in our third segment. Dr. Andy will handicap for us his picks on the Oscars. I'd like to note at the onset of the show that uh, last week, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised over at 194 Chem got quite a good turnout. Uh, Sakura Saunders is very pleased. Got over 320 people uh, witnessing what's a very interesting documentary. She may put on in the future, uh, Uncovered, The Truth About the Iraq War. For this segment, let's do some catching up. Uh, We want to go back and, you know, pick up where we left off on a few issues. But before we do that, Let's, uh, let's read an email. We do enjoy receiving mail from you, the listening audience, and would encourage you to do so at info at radioparallax.com. And let's start off with a mail, uh, with an email from Sharon, which I think uh, is a good way to start this program. These are just some general bits of advice, okay? And some statements about, about the universe in general. Give a person a fish and you'll feed them for a day, it's said. But someone here points out that if you teach a person to use the internet, they won't bother you for weeks. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever noticed that since everyone has a camcorder these days, no one talks about seeing UFOs like they used to? All right, here's one. When weeding, when weeding, something coming up here in the spring, the best way to make sure you're removing a weed and not a valuable plant is to tug on it. If it comes out of the ground easily, it's a valuable plant. (laughs) All right, here's a truism. The easiest way to find something lost around the house is to buy a replacement. How is it that one careless match can start a forest fire, but it takes a whole box to start a campfire? And here's my favorite thought to start out today's show with. Some people are like slinkies. Not really good for anything, but you still can't help but smile when you see one tumble down the stairs.
All right, on last week's program, our interview with Crazy Eddie Chalabi over in Baghdad, Iraq, we, we felt we should cite our source on that. The Pentagon catalog, which we used in that bit, actually was a hilarious bit of comedy writing done by Henry Beard and Christopher Cerf back about 1985. If you see one of these in a used bookstore, snag it. It is hilarious. Um, they did include, with this 495 purchase, an actual hexagonal nut, which you can buy in the hardware store for four cents. It said on the top, on the on the cover, first page, buy this catalog and get this two thousand forty three dollar nut for free. Because the truth is, that is what you and I, the taxpayer, paid for in a hexagonal nut, courtesy of America's defense contractors. Anyway, uh, we'll probably quote from this catalog in the future. It's a it's a comedy classic. We have a news item to report that Paul Robbins and Phil Cowan may be making the transition themselves from uh, the Sacramento area's most popular radio program to the little screen. Now, we want to talk about this with uh, a friend of ours and a friend of theirs, Mr. Eric DeCetis. Eric uh, has been on this show numerous times, done numerous voice characterizations. He is a cartoonist and a successful one, and we want to talk to Eric a little bit about his good pals, Paul and Phil. Unfortunately, things have come up this week. We're going to have to put that off, but uh, we hope that we can talk to Eric, and we hope that we can talk to, perhaps, Paul and Phil themselves about, uh, you know, transitioning from radio to television. These are a couple of pretty funny dudes. Uh, they've actually done a movie, uh, which, of which, which also featured Eric in, one, in a couple of roles that steal the movie, quite frankly. And uh, we want to talk to these funny men, and we'll hopefully do so on next week's program. All right, an article I've been trying, I've been saving because I wasn't sure how to fit it into a program needs to get inserted. Let's just do it here. Um, I received a very innocuous-looking bit of mail from Santa Ana, California, uh, last month that I opened up, and it had, it looked to be an article torn out of a magazine with a yellow Post-it note that said, Doug, try this. It's really good. Jay. Well, there's no return address on it. I don't know a Jay. This is an advertisement. And um, no friend of mine sent this to me. It's diabolically clever bit of junk mail. Beware. God, this thing is so clever. It looks just like it was torn out of a magazine. You have to look on the bottom of the page to see that it's a personalized promotion by Briefings Publishing Group, pushing something called The Organized Executive. What weasels. So if you get this, uh, don't, don't do like I did and ponder for minutes who is Jay in Santa Ana sending me this thing? What is this? Put it in the round file where it belongs. In fact, listen, here's what you do with this. All right, good news from NASA. NASA has revived the Spirit Rover. The Opportunity Rover is working like a charm, and these two little robots are running around the Martian surface, snapping pictures, drilling rocks, taking measurements. And, uh, boy, looking for water. This is some really, really cool stuff. NASA says its website have recorded at least one hit for every man, woman, and child on Earth since the Spirit rover landed on January 3rd. The hit count passed the 6.5 billion mark last week, compared with 6.3 billion for the Earth's population. Uh, This ranks as the biggest space event on the Internet, surpassing NASA's traffic for the Mars Pathfinder and even the aftermath of the Columbia tragedy. NASA spokesman said, To the best of our knowledge, this is the biggest government event in the history of the Internet. 
we really need to be going to Mars, uh, not just with robots, but with people. I know that probably a uh, it's a minority, perhaps, of you listening to me that think that that is the case, but let me tell you, the defense contractors have their hands deep into your pockets anyway. We're going to spend the money for research and development and for products that involve aerospace anyway. They've got the lobbyists. The dollars will be spent. Wouldn't it be better to spend them going to Mars because the whole world is interested. The whole world is watching. The whole world has a stake in this. Isn't that a better investment in aerospace than for uh, invisible bombers and things that blow up for which we can go around the world and, you know, smash things to smithereens? I think so. And by the way, the cost of the two orbiters which are functioning beautifully at Mars and these two robots that are running around the surface, the combined total, $820 million. Currently, the George Bush administration is borrowing that much every 19 hours for things that are a whole lot less worthy, in my opinion. I was in Los Angeles uh, last week where I snagged a copy of a magazine called Mental Floss. It's also available up here in Sacramento. I thought this was an interesting magazine, and it had some uh, miscellaneous type facts that, that we like on this program. Great Britain was the first country to use postage stamps. As a result, its country name still doesn't appear on its stamps. Just the word postage. Coffee is decaffeinated by soaking the beans in water and using a carbon filter to remove the caffeine. What happens to all the extracted caffeine, you ask? It turns out most of it is sold to soft drink companies who add it to soda pop. I did not know that. Here's one for you. What do the names Peggy, Daisy, Greta, and Rita have in common? Well, they're all nicknames for Margaret. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, Peggy. Margaret. Peg, Peggy? Margaret. Greta. Okay, I can get that one. Greta. Rita. Maggie, I can get. But Daisy? All right. In an effort to claim sovereignty of Antarctica, Argentina sent a pregnant woman to live there in late 1978. She gave birth in January 1979, making Emil Marco Palma the first, quote, native, unquote, Antarctican. You know, that reminds us, we, we want to cover this story about the raising of the Graf Spee. Uh, the German battleship sunk off of the uh, Montevideo Harbor in Uruguay. Uh, we're going to try and actually have a an Uruguayan correspondent come on in the near future to tell us a bit about what's going on uh, down there raising a German battleship off the Uruguayan coast. And apparently this funky kind of a who wants to marry a millionaire reality program survivor type crapola is not all that new to broadcasting. According to Mental Floss, actor Dick Van Dyke married his first wife Marjorie Willett on an L.A.-based radio program titled Bride and Groom, he did so in order to win a free honeymoon. All right, item worthy of mention on today's program. 60 top scientists take aim at Bush administration. Last week, more than 60 U.S. top scientists, including 20 Nobel laureates and several scientific advisors on past Republican presidents, accused the Bush administration of manipulating and censoring science for political purposes. In a 46-page report and an open letter, the scientists accused the administration of suppressing, distorting, or manipulating the work done by scientists at federal agencies in several cases. 
The Union of Concerned Scientists, a liberal advocacy group based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, organized the effort, but many of the critics aren't associated with it, including Val Fitch, 1980 Nobel Prize winner who served on a Nixon administration science advisory committee. I don't recall it ever being so blatant in the past, said the Princeton physicist. Now, this is a follow-up on a story that was in Discover Magazine, their top science stories of the year in 2003. They cited the minority staff of the House Committee on Government Reform 40-page report issued last August that uh, charged the Bush administration with misusing science to advance a conservative agenda. This is a serious concern. We will continue to follow this story with you. Just another reason to be less than enthusiastic about the current administration in Washington. We should point out these are reputable scientists, in many cases, Republicans, Republican scientists, advisors to previous administrations who have had just about enough of the Bush-Cheney distortion of what should be solid, dispassionate, scientific analysis of what's going on out there. My personal pet peeve is the the American Missile Shield ridiculous fantasy, which we're uh, committing to for the tune of hundreds, tens to hundreds of billions of dollars. You know, last July, an American Physical Society panel raised more doubts about the Pentagon's plans for such weapons and their ability to shoot down enemy missiles. You know, in Al Franken's book, he pointed out that uh, the Pentagon under Donald Rumsfeld was really bent out of shape about diverting money from this uh, this coveted plan of missile shields toward more routine intelligence gathering. Uh, this in the time frame immediately preceding 9-11. They couldn't take money out of a missile shield to devote it to conventional means of intelligence analysis. You know, does that sound like a smart idea? As I recall, Al-Qaeda did not launch ballistic missiles in their attack on the United States. And I'm, I'm still having a hard time understanding how it is a missile shield can prevent terrorists from commandeering aircraft. You know, I don't, if, you, if, you, if you know the answer to how that'll help, please send us an email. And I don't know whether you heard, but researchers at Johns Hopkins Medical Institution in Baltimore recanted a controversial report on the dangers of the drug ecstasy. They reported in September 2002 in Science to huge national uh, you know, attention that even a one-time use of the mind-altering drug can severely impair the body's processing of dopamine, an important neurotransmitter. Uh, the original paper apparently was wrong. After re-examining the data, they discovered that most of the drug doses administered to monkeys and baboons in the experiment were methamphetamine, not ecstasy. The researchers attribute the mix-up to mislabeled vials from the supplier of the chemicals. Of course, after this startling admission, Science Magazine added, well, even so, ecstasy can still be a bummer. Unchallenged research has suggested that long-term ecstasy use erodes people's memories, which, which I believe so does long-term exposure to oxygen, because people that have been exposed to oxygen for 70 or 80 years, I've noticed, start having memory problems. All right, not to recommend ecstasy, but, uh, you know, also, you know, but, but please, don't give up regular use of oxygen. Uh, final item for this, uh, this segment, the Gambian president announced that oil was found in his West African nation. All right, story out of uh, USA Today, courtesy of the AP, 
Dakar, Senegal, the Gambian president announced the discovery of large quantities of oil in his tiny western African nation, saying the offshore find would eliminate poverty and hunger. Well, we at Radio Parallax feel this story is worthy of some further investigation. We go now to Washington, D.C. to have a word with Mr. Gilbert LeBreton at the new Office of Spun Intel in the Department of Homeland Security. Are you there, sir? Yes, hello. Mr. LeBreton, is it true that your office has now confirmed that the Republic of Gambia has located substantial oil reserves off its coast? We believe this to be true, yes. Well, is there a connection between this and the higher level of alert issued by the government as regards Gambia? Affirmative. Uh, We have received intelligence on weapons of mass destruction-related program activities. And, And how credible is that evidence, sir? Reports received were classified as pretty good, uh, darn good, and in one case, pretty darn good intelligence. Uh huh. Well, what are you going to do now? We recommend that the White House demand the Gambian government halt any WMD program-related activities immediately or face the consequences. Well, might those consequences include armed invasion, as in Iraq's case? Uh, We would rule nothing out. Uh, Any threat to the United States will be taken seriously. Let us not have the first sign of their programs be a mushroom-shaped cloud. Nukes, in other words. For the time being, we're just on the lookout for any mushroom-shaped clouds. Okay, well, keep your eyes peeled. Oh, we will. And uh, let me add, our offshore drilling technology will only be employed for the benefit of the Gambian people. Well, I'm sure of that. Will you be available in the Office of Spun Intel for future briefings on this show? The best evidence suggests I will be, yes. All right, well, we hope that you will come again. My pleasure, sir. That was Gilbert LeBreton at the office of Spun Intel in the Department of Homeland Security in Washington, D.C. All right, that's it for the first segment. Stay tuned. For segment two, we will talk to... State Senator Tom McClintock, as well as Sacramento mayoral candidate Ross Rellis. This is Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and you're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. Sacramento.